Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we have a number of people we're speaking with today. We're going to start off with uh, Tara Smith. She is a director of the Department of Enterprise Services for Washington State. Uh, it's a very complex organization. They're responsible for a lot of money and also construction of uh, state facilities. But she's been here one year now, and she came here from Miami. I don't know if she didn't get along with DeSantis or what, but anyway, she's here now. <laughs> So I just would like to have you, Tara, if you could just share a little bit about your background uh, before you get into what you've been doing for the last year here. Great. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to be here for multiple reasons, Eddie, um, that among them. Um, I, in case you don't know much about the agency that I run for the state of Washington, I am the director of the Department of Enterprise Services. Um, and like you said, Eddie, uh, this agency is responsible for a great many different operational things across the state. It is one of the largest and most, most complex agencies, but most importantly, uh, one of the things I spend most of my time on and the, what I want to talk about today is our role as the state's procurement authority. Um, I was really happy you invited me here one year ago when I first arrived in this job. Uh, I think I was in the role about two months at that time. Um, so I'm excited to talk about what I've been up to for the past year, and I want to just make a footnote, even though I've been here for only one year, I do have um, 10 years or more experience, well, 20 years in the public sector, uh, coming from Miami Data at the county level, um, but in particular, I ran an agency very much like this one uh, before I got here last year, and so I, I learned a lot about uh, the procurement of goods and services and construction activities in that role. Um, so I brought a lot of experience around procurement um, into this position. And last year, um, I knew that it was important to figure out where we're starting from. And so I actually did that before I got here. I read this state's 2019 disparity report before I ever even arrived here uh, in Washington. And when I got here, it, it was important in those first few months to figure out who does what. Because anytime you have multiple agencies, and I see Lyle is on the is on the screen with me here, he knows what I mean when I say, anytime you have multiple state agencies trying to move together toward the same goal and accomplish something, it can get complicated and bogged down in all the many <clears throat> missions and, and operations that we all have. So it's really important that in this past year, I established, uh, was told what my swim lane is in procurement, what DES as an agency is responsible for, which is largely policy. We are the only state agency who can set policies that require all other state agencies to do certain things in the procurement arena. And so that's an important role. But I learned a lot about what I don't do as well, and therefore how important it is for me to forge meaningful partnerships with those agencies that I depend on to help move this work. And that is especially the Office of OMWBE. It's easier for me to say. Uh, in case you're not familiar with that, that is the Office of Minority and Women Business Enterprises. Um, very close partnership that we've established that I'm really proud about um, because it's taken some time to, to figure that out and really, really proud to be working with the new director there um, who just arrived. Leica Fernandez arrived, I think, less than three months ago. 
Um, and, and she and I are on the same page in getting the work, getting the agency heads like me and other big operational departments whose job it is to um, clear the streets or do construction activities for transportation or, or work for children and families or all the many, many operations across state government um, where collectively half a billion dollars was spent by one agency alone last year. And Lake and I are looking closely at the fact that our numbers and diverse spend are not acceptable. Uh, that disparity report was 2019, and it showed and made very clear the reason we're doing this work so, so closely is because minority and women do not have equal access to contracting equity in this state. That was in black and sure, white after months of, of review three years ago. And we have work to do because our diverse spend in this past year was less than 3%. That's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. uh, to, the 2021 is also very sad in terms of uh, uh, our participation. And uh, it went down in, to 2021. Exactly. 21 exactly. To 22. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's I mean, kind of. We're, us one of the, we're one of the few states that have. I guess all Democrats' leadership yeah. uh, that's really doing so poorly. And I've had some talk yeah. to some members of the Congressional Black Caucus actually about getting some help because, uh, you know, we just can't keep going like this. And uh, the Black community has lost the entire section of the city uh, due to economic apartheid. I can't think of a better description mm -hmm. than that. That's a good way to when put you, it. When you look at those numbers, that it really is a, a, because uh, according to OMWBE, African Americans mm -hmm. in 2021 did 0.18%, even two tenths of 1%. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you for breaking down the, the, the ethnic breakdown as well, because we're looking at that as well. We talked about that recently uh, at Representative Vasquez's state government committee, and together, again, presented that information as, uh, as numbers that are unacceptable to us as procurement leaders in this state, and are talking about all the ways that we're changing that. Number one, by talking about it. <laughs> when I got here a year ago, I didn't know how bad the numbers were here or really how to begin to change that. And so I've learned a lot. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about the things that have been accomplished that are pretty significant. There's, there's two significant things that I would highlight. And one of them is the supplier diversity policy that my agency issued um, a few months ago. We are in a period of mandatory training now for all procurement agency employees across the entire state. So that's about 37,000 employees who touch contracting in one way or another. Uh, they're required to go through training to learn how this supplier diversity procurement policy uh, is going to change the way they do business. So this is the first time the state has issued a procurement policy that requires purchasers at every level to include very specific contracting award methods that will increase contracting with diverse firms in the end. This is this has been talked about for, for these three years, but now it's an actual requirement that my agency will be responsible for enforcing along the way. So we're training not just those 37,000 people whose job it is to do the work, but their leaders. Mm -hmm. I insisted when we put this policy together and I put my signature on it, that agency leaders have to come to the table. I learned myself, the second important thing I've learned this year is 
when I started asking questions about my own agency's diverse spin, right? Because I'm not only the director of procurement for the state, I'm the director of a large operation. Like I told you, there are 56 different business lines in this agency from everything from maintaining the grounds to fixing and repairing vehicles for agencies across the state. So those operations I spent last year, I collectively as an agency, 330 some thousand, uh, $330 million. And as an agency, we spent 2% on diverse firms. And what I learned is that that's because nobody had ever asked the question. Nobody was looking at how we were contracting. We were blindly purchasing things without using the same policies that we are now promulgating to other agencies. So that has changed in this yeah, past Director year. Director Terrace, so this let me yes, let sir. you know that we've had nine disparity studies the last 10 years. Everybody yep. for the last 10 years have known that African-Americans have been discriminated against uh, by state agencies. Yeah, uh, it's, it's well documented. And I mean, uh, the purpose of having a disparity study is so you can deal with the, with the, the disparity. But rather than do that, we heard very nice things about sub cabinets and this person and that person. And at the bottom line is that uh, we did 0.18%. So, uh, uh, and you know, when you first got here, you had a, uh, we had conversations with Lyle Kwasim, Bob Armstead, president of NAMC for Washington State. And uh, so we're, we're willing to work with anyone that's going to, uh, produce something that's going to be benefiting our community, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we know uh, they say uh, this whole minority thing is all equal, but when you look at the fact that uh, everybody seems to in, involved in the program have access to, off, you know, a lot of people have access to offshore money and the folks who's been here 400 years don't have the same access. Mm -hmm. So, but I, uh, uh, I wanted to see if uh, Mr. Chairman uh, before we go, Chairman Lyle Kwasim, who was part of the, the conversation with us with, over yeah. for several months that we had him. So, uh, Chairman Lyle Kwasim, do you have a comment of, uh, for uh, Director Tara Smith? Hey, Tara. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to see you again. Um, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be brief and hopefully to the point. Um, as an uh, a unreconstructed old school bureaucrat, uh, <laughs> having... Uh, at one time run the largest agency in state government. I found that um, a couple of things are in evidence. Uh, we don't get the results we want because we don't know how to do it, or we don't choose to do it, or we don't have the resources to do it. And if we don't have the resources to do it, we should get the resources. If we don't know how to do it, we should train people to do it. And if we don't choose to do it, we should take uh, personnel consequences. And so uh, I, I, would, I would posit that um, uh, over the last 10 years of the um, uh, Inslee administration, if people didn't know how to do it, because we've had all these disparity studies, they should have been trained on how to do it. If they had, didn't choose to do it, uh, then they should have been dismissed. And if they didn't have the resources to do it, they should have been given the resources. And so um, the, 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 the numbers that we have are, the, it, it's, 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 it's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, it's uh, inappropriate, um, and it does not uh, demonstrate that uh, this uh, this this administration, the Inslee administration, uh, is serious about uh, changing the status quo. Uh, because in my final comment is, there are no consequences. If you don't know how to do it, there's no consequence. If you don't know, if you choose not to do it, there's no consequence. If you don't have the resources to do it, there's no consequence. And so nothing uh, has changed. And uh, it uh, is hard for me to think that something will change. Yeah, I, I felt that way when I got here um, a year ago. But I see now the tool, the, the primary mm -hmm. tool that, that's been implemented is this policy. That's not just the, the you must, the requirement, but the how to, right? Mm -hmm. We're not just throwing people into a one-hour training and, and letting them fly. Right. So right. we're providing all the all the guidelines and tools. And we just had a really big uh, listening session yesterday where hundreds of employees showed up to learn more about how they're going to do this. So, so DES is supporting those purchasers across the agency to make sure that they know how to do it because this is different. It's different than some of them have. I, what I heard some of them say is that I was trained to do the opposite. I was trained to never unbundle a big contract because it looked like we were trying to get around contracting rules. Now we're telling them you should look at unbundling large contracts um, like we just did with the fuel contract recently. There's no reason why one huge company has to get a multi-million dollar contract across the state for fuel mm -hmm. delivery when we can break it up in ge geographic and other categories of fuel. So that's just one good example of one procurement method among many that we are requiring agencies to use and look at and that we're teaching them and helping them how to do it. I can't account for the past 10 years, but I am mm -hmm. accountable for the past year and will continue to be. And, and part of that accountability of that I put on myself and all of you also put on me, I hear a lot about this, uh, extends to my colleagues, right? And, and so that's where I'm going to be uh, maximizing the, the power of this governor's sub-cabinet. Uh, it was made really yeah, clear to me man. last year that the governor sees this as a priority. And oh. this is why I've spent more than half my, more than, more than 65% of my time this past year has been spent in this work. And I, I feel, and I'd love to talk to you more about this, Lyle, um, I feel a sense of direction and, and tangible uh, progress here finally in this past year. Well, Tara, I, I want to thank you uh, for your time today. Yes, sorry I'm for over. your efforts. But anyway, well, we'll check back with you after the end Good. of the first quarter to Good. see if there's been any improvement. So Please thank you very much for your time back. today. Yeah, okay, I appreciate you. it. Good to see you both. Okay, thank, thank you, you very much. All right. Bye. Okay, now uh, a very uh, strange thing happened in uh, the courthouse in Pierce County. Uh, I guess yesterday, uh, Sheriff Ed Troyer was found uh, not guilty of, I guess, uh, I guess uh, the 911 call said his life was being threatened by a black man. And I guess uh, 40 uh, jurisdictions responded, but uh, because... Uh, According to the, to the sheriff, since uh, Alzheimer didn't say that he was a, a newspaper carrier, he was exonerated. But Lyle was in the courtroom almost every day. So, Lyle, would you share with our, our listeners uh, what you stood out to you uh, during that court proceeding with Sheriff Ed Troyer? I uh, was uh, listening and watching online. The courtroom proceedings were um, um, 
uh, live stream. And I watched every moment, every moment um, uh, of the court proceedings um, when, the, when the jury was in session and when the jury uh, was not in session. All the motions, all the voir dires, back and forth. And um, it, is, um, it, is, it is very um, sad. It is um, um, more than sad, it's deplorable. Uh, that uh, we have uh, a, a, a county, Pierce County, that has a sheriff that doesn't follow the policies of the sheriff's department about how to deal with uh, um, um, incidents uh, that may uh, be uh, potential incidents of lawbreaking. Uh, and that he would call in and say four times, that uh, a person has threatened to kill him. Now, 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 this jury has found him innocent, and I, I, I agree with Bob Ferguson, the, the Attorney General. Uh, that's the process. That's the verdict, and so we accept that. But we accept it. But we have to understand it. We have a problem of structural racism in Pierce County. If Ed Troyer were recalled and ran again, for sure, if he'd get more votes now than he got the first time that he was uh, voted in. And if we have a system of structural racism where we get a jury that listens to the same information that I listen to, and I listen to the jury instructions, and I'm no stranger to court proceedings, and uh, these jury instructions and uh, were, were very clear. And the, the, the final arguments were very clear. And uh, this jury comes back with uh, an acquittal on both counts, shows me that these uh, individuals were not prepared to deal with the issues of structural racism in Pierce County writ large and the issues of structural racism within the Sheriff's Department uh, 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 in particular. And so um, we will get the sheriff we deserve. And when this county acts in this manner, they deserve Ed Troy. We deserve Ed Troy. If we can't, if we, if we can't figure out how to solve a, a simple problem, this is not complex. You don't have to be one of the premier thinkers in the state of Washington to figure out that a person who is going through uh, his duties uh, earning his living uh, and is um, uh, treated in this manner by the criminal justice system. Uh, it, is, it is just um, uh, unacceptable, but understandable because we live in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a county that is structurally racist. Now, uh, is there, uh, in, in terms of this now, there is no process for no uh, access for an appeal or anything on this thing, or is that just the end of it with that court decision yesterday? It, I, I, I am pretty sure that there will not be an appeal. That would um, uh, the attorney general did not signal that they will appeal. There is a civil trial that will come up that uh, Cedric Altheimer has uh, filed, and he has an attorney, and his attorney was on television yesterday, and they're going to proceed with a civil trial. Now the 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 uh, tests are much lower in a civil trial than they are in a criminal trial, and we will see. 
what the civil trial uh, uh, sh shows us. But whether we have a civil trial or not, mm -hmm. this is who we are. This is who Pierce County is. Uh, this is a county that uh, structurally, uh, on, on, on every indicator, uh, you look at housing, uh, you look at employment, you look at, we just talked about contracting, um, uh, on it, uh, every box you tick shows uh, structural racial disparities. And how can you expect uh, these six jurors who've been socialized in this environment uh, that is structurally racist uh, to come up with any other uh, conclusion? Ed Troyer said that uh, the press and the court have called him a, um, a racist and a liar. And uh, he, should, he should ask himself, why, why, why did they say that? Why did the press and the courts call him a racist and a liar? That's, those are his words. Is there anything that uh, the Black Collective or the uh, uh, Tacoma Pierce County NAACP, is there any other action that's planned or just supporting the uh, civil suit? What's the, what's the next step? Well, well, well there'll, there'll be a conversation about this. We just got the verdict. Uh, yesterday, and there'll be a conversation about this, and we will determine uh, how to, how how to move forward under uh, these very difficult conditions. But uh, before my time's up, I my time may already be up. I just want to posit one clear thought: that Pierce County gets the sheriff it deserves, um, and in uh, um, and, and 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 that is. Um, a, a, a sheriff who does not follow the policies of his own department uh, when it comes to um, dealing with a simple matter of a newspaper carrier, a simple matter of a newspaper carrier. I mean, how elementary can you get and how poorly can you flunk the test uh, of being um, uh, at the top of the law enforcement um, uh, pyramid in, in Pierce County, if you can't handle that. And it's, they had the tape said, he said that man was threatening to kill him. So, and that didn't resonate with the jury. And that, that, that did not, for, for whatever reason, those jurors uh, uh, came back with an acquittal. And, and, and I, I, I do respect the court system. And, and so that's their decision. But I also have an opinion and I have an opinion based on my lived experience. I've lived in Pierce County since 1967. And I wanna tell you that um, uh, uh, Ed Troyer uh, won election, um, having made all sorts of statements about things that appeared to me, appeared to me to be inappropriate. And he still won. He um, uh, will probably still be very popular in many parts of the county. Uh, and, and therefore, it just shows you on a, as a practical matter that uh, we have a problem of structural racism uh, uh, in this county on, on, on almost every box that you can tick. And at some point, uh, this is the sheriff that we have, and this is the sheriff we deserve. All right. Uh, Mr. Chairman Lyle Kwasim of Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective. I want to thank you very much for your time yes, today sir. and your analysis of the court proceedings and your input with uh, Tara Smith, the Director of the Department of Enterprise Services. 
So we'll be talking to you soon. I'll see you um, Saturday morning. Yes, sir. Thank I'll you. see you Saturday morning. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate you. Okay, yes, we're going to take this break and come back. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest. If Santa Claus goes through the CD this time of year, he will not find no ghetto. He won't find us either. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to have, we're trying to reach Shadi Moore, the chair of the Seattle Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition, the sponsoring the event at Garfield High School on January 16th, uh, the official 2023, the official federal holiday in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, Hayward Evans has been a longtime member of the coalition and also was one of the founders of uh, the Opportunity Fair, uh, so that when people came and did the workshops, got pumped up with the rally, before they did all that, some of them could have a job possibility, several interviews set up. And now that, uh, and hopefully we will not be on lockdown this time around, but uh, Hayward, uh, the flu and uh, this respiratory disease and COVID is still out here. So I can't believe so many people have not taken the opportunity to get vaccinated, but you know, people have to make their own decisions. But I just know I made mine. I, don't, I had COVID and I don't want to get it again. If not, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, hey, what, what does it look like for the MLKCC and uh, uh, this uh, upcoming event that we have on January 16th? I, I think the, the program, thank you for having me. I think the program absolutely looks fantastic. And again, I'm going to give a shout out to Chardet, uh, our chair, and and to uh, uh, and to Bobby, her her vice chair. The, the, these young people, young compared to you and I, have yep. done an absolutely <laughs> fabulous job. And so I like to see when uh, when our young adults step up to the plate. 
And for those uh, in the listening audience and even the parents of, the young people can come out and still join the committee. Uh, I think we have a, we have a meeting, uh, is it tonight, Eddie? No, it's on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 20th at 6.30, and they can get information at uh, seattlemlkcoalition.org is the website address. Uh, it's my understanding uh, Kate Harris, chair of the workshop committee, has it set up so that people can actually go online, sign up for a committee. Uh, there are a number of committees, and there are a lot of preparation stuff going on, too. So, hey, well, in addition to you doing the Opportunity Fair, there's some uh, volunteer uh, duties that you're going to be involved in. Let the folks know what you'll be doing at 630 in the morning. Now, you know, every year, well, one, you know, I always help put up the signs. I like being there early, one of the first people. And uh, interestingly, one of the one of the toughest challenges is parking. Everybody knows that. Come on, we're looking at Garfield. There's not a whole lot of parking. So I took it upon myself over the last few years. I'm there in the lot. And I'm making sure, particularly you volunteers, come on out and volunteer, you'll have a place to park. But then also that the... Uh, um, that the attendees or that the participants, i.e. those who are conducting the workshops, have a place to park, and those who are going to be part of the opportunity fair have a place to park. I mean, to, for me, it's sort of a big deal. And I've seen people get out there and start arguing about where they're going to be parking and get out of my okay. way and all that kind of nonsense. But we put that's, a freeze on all that. Well, that's great. Well, you know, uh, the chair has joined us. Shade Moore, are you with us? Why don't you go ahead and set the stage and let people know where we are, what can people expect. I gave out the email address, uh, clmlkcoalition.org, is that correct? That is correct. Now, mind you, uh, the content on our website is still being updated to this day. Um, so if the, nothing is current, if you don't see our new uh, approved flyer uh, with details of the January 16th event, on the webpage, you will be seeing that by mid next week. So just stay tuned for that. And where are we right now in terms of uh, the next meeting and uh, what are the priorities, uh, what has been put in place? I guess we got the entertainment covered. We got, uh, uh, we had Kate Harris on last week talking about the workshops. Uh, week before that, we had Cliff Wyatt and Renaissance on talking about the logistics. So every week we're trying to get a new flavor. And Absolutely. A little later, Christina Van Middlesworth will be on as well. Yeah. So I think, I mean, besides, so let me start off by saying that this year's theme, uh, which is our 40th year theme, is 40 years of continuing King's mission. Um, again, we have our youth event that will be on January 15th from two to four, which will be uh, streamed on Rainer Avenue Radio. We're going to uh, be bringing back our opportunity fair, which will be uh, January 16th from 830 to 1130, which is going to be kind of in the commons area, the cafeteria of Garfield High School. Uh, we'll have our job fair and our resume review. Um, we'll have workshops from the 10th through the 14th, which will be virtual. Um, and then on the 16th, we'll have in-person workshops from 9.30 to 9.50, which will be held at Garfield as well. Um, and then, of course, we'll have our January 16th uh, rally, uh, which will be back inside of Garfield. So it's extremely exciting because for the last two years, we've been outdoors due to COVID. Um, so we'll be back inside the gym. Uh, the start time is at 11 a.m., but we ask for all of our guests in the community to show up a little earlier. Why? Because the gym does get packed fairly quickly. 
and we do need to abide by the Seattle Fire Safety Code. Um, so we can't have a ton of people standing up in the building or in the gymnasium just for, you know, free uh, egress and exit. So um, followed by our march, which will start roughly around 1230. Um, and more information again to come on uh, the march that will be displayed on our website. Now, will we be showcasing or telling the community the route of the march? No. And again, we've stopped doing that now for the past two years just for safety precautions. Um, but more or less, uh, we'll make sure that, you know, the whole event um, is a very impactful event. We'll be honoring three people in our community um, that are no longer with us. So we're really looking forward to uh, honoring them, honoring, honoring their legacy and their families. Um, and there's going to be so much more. Um, I think overall, we've been getting an influx of emails. Um, we have a ton of different people who are asking, like, how can my community or not my community, how can my family get involved? How can my business organization get involved? Um, and I'll say this all the time. Uh, fundraising is not just a one person job. Um, we're always asking for donations. Um, and if you have any inquiries on how to donate, you can email us at mlkseattle at gmail.com and myself or a member of our team will reply back with next steps. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of what we're doing. Next meeting is on December 20th. Um, so that meeting will start um, at 630 and in at eight o'clock and that information can be found on our calendar page, on our website, which is MLK Seattle Coalition um, at, uh, sorry, MLK Seattle Coalition or MLK Seattle Coalition um, dot work. So again, uh, make sure you tap in with us. Um, we're always looking forward to community members joining um, our meetings because there's so much work that we need additional bodies. I mean, I can tell you 30 to 50 people for this work annually is not enough. Um, so, uh, more hands creates, le creates less work. Um, and that's a little bit of what we're doing right now. So, hey, do you want to comment on, on any of the, con of the yeah. progress? First, I want to say absolutely thank you, Sharday, for all the hard work that you've done and you continue to do. Uh, Sharday, you know, from the perspective, because I've, I've always been saying it, too many um, significant events and people get lost in time. Can mm -hmm. you sort of speak? to or allude to the people that you're going to be honoring who passed away? Uh, yeah, so we'll be at, uh, honoring Pat Wright, uh, Gary Owens, and Doralee Rainey. Um, those are three of the community members that our coalition had decide has decided uh, to honor this year. Um, I'll definitely uh, keep it closed and as a surprise on what that uh, honorarium and what that dedication will look like. Um, this is, I think, since I've been around and been in this role, uh, it's one of the first years that we did so many people. There's just been so much that's been happening as a, as a community. We've been losing so many people that have just been uh, an inspiration to so many. Um, and we want to definitely continue and keep that on. Yearly, annually, it's it's pr predominantly been one person. Um, but this year we were even thinking of, of, of five people. So uh, we're trying to keep, you know, those individuals' legacies living on and, and through our coalition uh, and through the community. Uh, but those are the three that we will be honoring this year. Excellent. What, what, what can we do to get more youth involved, more youth? I know you have your intern program. Can you speak a little bit about the internships? So yeah, so our, audience. yeah. So our intern program is usually launched in the summertime. Um, myself, as well as our executive team, uh, sends a blast flyer uh, and an application uh, to all of our Seattle public schools, whether it be private and or public. We also reach out to other 
uh, Puget Sound um, school districts, as well as uh, Tacoma school districts as well. Um, just gathering young folks uh, anywhere from um, freshman to senior um, that are interested in being an intern for our committee. What that looks like is those individuals not only plan our youth event every year, but they do other means of work for the committee as well. So um, we have um, six outstanding interns this year um, that have came to us not only from private, but public schools. Um, and they're going above and beyond um, from marketing, creating flyers, creating graphics, um, coming in, taking on leadership roles, uh, whether that be taking meeting minutes, um, giving input on, you know, different aspects of what we do, asking questions. Um, so this is the first year we've had six. Last year we had um, four and the year before we had two. So we want to keep it moving. These interns do get paid. So this is a paid internship. Um, and I know a lot of young folks look forward to that. Um, we work around their school schedule, around sports, around jobs, um, around personal, um, you know, things that they have going on. So, um, that's a little bit about our internship program. And I'd like to have them on this program because I know that if, uh, I have the six interns with the Zoom. I can have all six on. Yeah. So I'll work with you on that and because I want to get that out uh, while uh, their folks are not in school and they can let people know they're going to be on. And hopefully that'd be an inspiration to other young folks to, to step up to the plate and get involved. Absolutely. So uh, uh, next meeting is going to be Tuesday. Uh, December 20th. December 20th. 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And they can get information on our website. Uh, if you go to uh, www.seattlemlkcoalition.org, uh, up at the top uh, on the events tab, click on calendar, and it will have the calendar information for all of our meetings throughout the year, or at least this planning season, um, as well as the Zoom ID um, that's needed to log into our virtual meeting. Well, Christina Van Middlesworth have joined us. We've got to take a break right now. Y'all can hang on with me if you want to. Christina Van Middlesworth, we'll be back to you right after this break. Eric. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. 
To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, thanks, Marvin. Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum Northwest. I want to give a shout-out to a couple of folks. The Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Diversity, and Inclusion, uh, headed up by John T. Robinson. John T. is leading the agency. We will have her on in the next week or so. The City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Office with uh, Carol Wong, Mark Nakawara, uh, Jesse Gilliam and Carmen Kruzinski for the Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, me and Rice, Lawrence Coleman and Josie Regan, SeaTac Bar Group LLC to have the African Lounge Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A at SeaTac. And uh, now we'll go to my next guest, Christina Van Middlesworth, who is the chair of the Seattle MLK Coalition Organizing Coalition's Opportunity Fair. So welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, Christina. And give our folks an update because your hardest working volunteer is still on the line with us. That's Haywood Evans. He'll be there at six thirty on uh, the morning of January sixteenth to start the holiday. So go right ahead. Thank you. And we, honestly, we could not do it without Hayward. Actually, John, my co-chair, and I were just talking about him this morning uh, and getting those tables there because we are we're back in person this year and we're super super excited. Um, so I've been sending out the invites. We have about on on my my master list of organizations we're trying to have there. I have about 90 different organizations. So now that we're back in person, we're reaching out to different people, seeing who's who's around, who's going to join us, and the names are starting to slowly trick it, trickle in. Uh, I just heard from airport jobs today that they're going to be there. WashDOT was, of course, first as always to step up and say that they're going to be there. They're going to have a table. So we're we're super excited. We're starting to get our names together. We're bringing back the resume room. And that's always had really great success uh, for the event and really just helping everyone right from, are you looking for a job? Are you looking for an opportunity? Or, you know, and you and you're ready and willing and ready to go to that's the path that you're on, but you need a little help. And so we're going to have some HR professionals that are there to review resumes, help people put their applications together, um, and really offer offer that guidance for the day. So we can't wait. For the last in-person uh, opportunity fair, the MLK uh, uh, event, what was the what were the results like for people getting their resumes enhanced and also job opportunities and actually jobs? So that last year uh, was 2020. Uh, so we were, John and I were going back over it. Uh, 2020 was our last year. We had about, um, I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of about 45 to 50 different organizations that were present. Um, attendance wise, we had about maybe about 400 people that came through. Um, the resume room stayed busy all day. Uh, it was not in the main comments area. We have an, a side room that we use where it's a little bit quieter. The team individuals can actually sit down with the HR professionals. 
um, and have a private conversation and go over their resume and their experience. Um, and that room stayed quietly busy all day. Uh, so it opens our, it opens with the fair as well. And the resume room, um, I think that year we had somewhere between 12 and 15 staff members that were there, HR professionals who volunteered their time. Um, and they had a constant steady flow of people through there. So I wanna say overall, um, they probably saw about maybe 20 to 30 people um, of just in that quality time. Like when, when else can you really get that time to sit down with someone and their whole job is, you know, they're, they've volunteered their time to just be there and kind of go through the information with you. Um, from there, numbers wise, I believe we had maybe about 20 or so that had the interview set up in the next coming days immediately following the event. Um, and we were kind of on our way to really being able to offer the space for people to even begin to have interviews on site. That was our next our next level we were going to is being able to say, okay, you know, we want to have a couple rooms set aside so that if people wanted to have in-person interviews, they could. So we're kind of starting back over again this year, making those connections again. Um, so like I said, we have that, that list of about 90 uh, organizations that we've reached out to, to see who's hiring, who has jobs, you know, because our goal is always looking to have an opportunity whether it be an apprenticeship, uh, internship, or a job within the next 30, 30 days from the event. Hey, well, do you have an input or a comment or a question from all uh, your work with Opportunity Fair as well? You know, I just want to thank Christine and John. John, they have done such a fabulous, fabulous job. And, and to the listening audience, you know how important it is to have a quality resume. Mm -hmm. And as our chair, Christina alluded to, you have top professionals who are assisting you in developing your resume. You want to have a powerful instrument? You got to come to the fair. Additionally, Christina, can they can they load this now down on their uh, on their cell phones? I know Eddie said that before. iPhones. Yep. iPhones. Yep, <laughs> well, I'm old school. <laughs> yeah, so people can come in with their resume on their phone. Uh, they can review it there uh, in years past. We've had computers, so we're still working out the logistics of all of that, but the goal is to be able to have someone sit down. If they've got it on their phone, they've got it on a drive, they've got it online, we can sit down and actually figure out, you know, and go through their resume with them. Because, I mean, that's all, that's all any of us are looking for in that instance, right? Is someone who knows what they're doing, who can really just kind of go through the details and explain like, yes, this sounds great. No, take that off or you know okay tell me what you did okay so this is how you how you say that right being able to phrase it just so and then in addition to that of being able to maybe take that go from that moment and go talk to someone and be able to email them right then and there your resume or set up a time to have that that one-on-one -on -one interview later on that's that's our goal right is to have someone be able to connect you know, in a in a in a beautiful system, we do all of this so that someone can connect, get their resume reviewed, have that job interview scheduled, and they're leaving the event. That means that we all of this has been worth it. Now, from a contact per perspective, do you still have opportunities for other volunteers? Absolutely. So uh, we work with United Way to have our volunteers. Leanne, huh? <laughs> Leanne. 
Yes, Leanne, Leanne, we could, again, like there's so many, so many people who are leading the different committees with this event that we, we, it's not just one person and it's all volunteer and we could not do it alone. So Leanne with United Way uh, will be posting all of the different descriptions and volunteer opportunities. Uh, so if you are motivated and just want to be out there, uh, we that'll be up online. We also will have people who are sitting right there offering directions and guidance and helping Hayward put out all those tables and, you know, every, you. Every, <laughs> we, we will take whatever help that we can get, uh, whether it's before for our event, setting up the, you know, whether it's the youth event or any of the other workshops that are going on, there's so much that's happening that day. It's just a full day of events and experiences for people. Well, I'm going to be encouraging uh, members of the the uh, of fraternities and sororities. Uh, I also know that uh, some of the retired black firefighters. Uh, uh, we know the fire chief will be there. He's he's there just about everyone we've had in person. Mm -hmm. uh, chief Harold Scoggins. I know he'll be there along with some members of the fire department. We're encouraging uh, all folks on. This is a very special day, and uh, uh, people ask, "Well, what does this opportunity have to do with Martin Luther King Jr.?" Well, you know. The man died trying to help black garbage workers in Memphis. Uh, he had a big tent, and some folks uh, uh, are absolutely opposed to some things, and there's sometimes we need to talk to see if we can get uh, change some attitudes with some people. Uh, I think that's very necessary, but uh, I really liked it. And I told John, I said, John, are you and Christina co-chair? No, she's the chair. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just said he was the co-chair. He's so uh -huh. humble. But uh, he's the right person to have because he's that's his job every day is dealing with the city as a training advisor. So we have we had the right folks there uh, to to make this a success. And the thing about it is to make sure that people have opportunities. That's what Dr. King was all about. He that's why he fought segregation. That's why he died in Memphis trying to open doors. And people got to remember is that. He worked with Lyndon B. Johnson. He all had to put pressure on the president, but he also worked with Lyndon B. Johnson to get uh, civil rights, voting rights, fair housing after he died. But I'm saying, so we can't always just be so opposed to individuals or institutions that we can't talk. Now, if you have stuff like we have about the discrepancies in the state's men, that's a different story because they have no leg to stand on. The, the record is lousy, but a lot of times we're still going to talk to people. And I think that's what Dr. King would, it, and we have to remember this whole day is a holiday for Martin Luther King Jr. It all should be about Martin Luther King Jr. I know people have their own ideas, own political motivations, but make sure they coincide with what Dr. King's philosophy was and what he stood for. So I'll stop preaching, Christina, give you the last word. Well, thank you. This event is going to be really great. And Eddie, you had a good idea to start it several years ago, and we've run with it. And I'm so glad that we're actually doing this again in person on January 16th. We will be there. Uh, our event runs from 830 to 1130. We're excited. So volunteers are needed. Companies are needed. You know, someone who, who's looking to hire, let them know reach out to us and you know of course all of the social media for the the committee will have the different events and different information so we're there we're excited 
Can you share with one me? month away? Exactly. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the 15th, tomorrow's the 16th. You're right. Yep. What can you share with any of the commitments you have already of companies or organizations or agencies? I know the Port of Seattle, I've heard from Toshiko Hasegawa, who is on the Port Commission. She yep. used to be, on, be with the MLKCC and the MLK committee as well. But uh, she says that they will be there in force. They will. They will. There's about six different areas of the port that will be there. So they'll have two tables. So they will be there. Um, The Seattle Fire Department, I just talked to them a little bit ago. And they are also like just getting wrangling their ducks and getting everything together. Um, AA Asphalting, who has been with us multiple times, they'll be there again. Um, like I said, WashDOT, Yolanda Brooks over there is always one of the first people to stand up and say that they will be there, that they get, they've got jobs and they are hiring. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a good turnout. I've already, I've heard from UW Medicine. Um, they're working on, again, and we're, we're at that critical point where people are figuring out, okay, we think we can do this. We have the jobs. We want to make sure that they have the the staff that's going to be there. My company as well, Luminomics, has already said, like, okay, we think we can do this. Uh, they're going to also going to have someone in the resume room. So, you know, it it's a it's a big team effort to put on this event. Not only from our committee here, but also the different organizations and companies that participate. So, I think it's gonna it's gonna be our first one back. So, I'm excited. Well, I see a lot of people are trying to find workers. And if that's one day that you'll have an opportunity to visit multiple agencies and employers all in one one place. So I want to thank Hayward Evans and Christina Van Middlesworth for their time today and for the work they're doing with the Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition. Shadi was on earlier. I want to thank her. Tara Smith, the director of DES, and Lyle Kwasim, the chair of the Tacoma Pierce County Black Elected. Thank you all very much. And we'll see you again real soon, okay? Thank you. All right. I want to thank Sound Transit, uh, Office of Civil Rights, uh, Diversity and, and Inclusion, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, SeaTag Bar Group, LLC, with and the Mountain Room Bar with Jerry Whitsett and Rod O'Neill, who are also big contributors to the Seattle MLK uh, act, uh, Fund as well. And we'll be going back to them again. And uh, if you're listening now, if your agency or organization has not made a contribution uh, to keep Dr. King's dream alive in Martin Luther King Jr. County, the only uh, municipality named for Dr. King, come on, it's time to get on board. Thanks, Eric. I'll see everybody next week. Bye.